We're just starting the podcast. And mm. Adrian's got mm. a mouthful. Great tasty. Of what? I don't know. Nougat. Which one no, did you go for? One. It was like this, the jelly one? Like a... Like metal jelly. Oh, so like a um, Turkish one. Delight. Oh, this one. Yeah, yeah. Nougat slash Turkish Delight. Very nice. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. You've been inviting me for nearly two years now. Exactly. So I finally get Adrian here on my podcast, Millennial Wavelengths. Um, obviously, I'm I am having... Gen Z. Come yes, on. but... If you had to listen to my first episode, which nobody has, or the intro, <laughs> the intro was when I t- said my theory, right? Which is meant, mm-hmm. I'll explain it again, just quickly. So my theory is that adolescence normally ends at 20, and that's when people become adults from 19 to 20 on. Okay. My theory is that in... The Western world, particularly in a wealthy society, adolescence is extended to 30. And this is generalizing. It doesn't happen to everybody. But the reason that it's extended is they're still in their adolescence because their parents are still involved in their life. Their parents, in many, many cases, not your case, but many, many cases, they're still living with their parents or their parents are supporting them in some way. Um, so it's and therefore i've named that sort of whole 20 to 30 mm-hmm. age bracket as millennials because the media still refer to them as millennials when technically they're not well, like you said the media is stupid yes <laughs> <laughs> but we haven't been able to update them yet but technically absolutely you're a gen z so you're saying i'm still a teenager basically yeah <laughs> i appreciate that basically basically yeah exactly i mean you know well, and but it doesn't hurt anyhow because you're going to live to a lot longer. You're going to live to 100 anyhow. Hope not. Jesus. Probably. Well, my dad's 82. Well, your dad's your dad. Um, yeah, true. But yeah. people are living a lot longer. The average uh, age of life is 86 for men. Uh, women, I think. Um, men similar. Hmm. And it's... It's getting higher. There's scientists who say that people your age will live to at least 100. Potentially. I mean, you chances are you won't because, you know. With all the activities that I get into? Probably Cause not. Because you're reckless. That's it. What do, you, what do you like? What are your hobbies? Or what? You know, I, I actually... I, <laughs> you like I jumping know. out of planes? Yes, yes. <laughs> you want to get a motorbike? I... Um, I had an interesting thought this week. It's like, mm-hmm. you never know, right? But you could be past your halfway point. Who, me? Anyone. Even me. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. Well, that's true. That's... You never know, right? You could be way past I'm 50% definitely of your past life. past my way. <laughs> hey, come on. I'm sure you get to 44. But... Yeah, yeah, exactly. But just the fact that I've got you, you're right. It should be celebrated, right? So that's a very good way of looking at it. You could be. It's good that you see halfway point. At least that's an optimistic view. Hmm. But yeah, it's like my dad said the other day, you know, not many people make it as old as he is. Because he's just seeing people all around him younger and dying and not many people his age. 
and you think, wow, that's, that's a very good point. You've got to enjoy it. But you are a bit reckless. <laughs> well, you're not reckless. You like danger. Yeah, it's fun. Why? That's fun. For the fun? For the, the thrill? The adrenaline? I don't know. For being able to say I've done something. Ah. The, the ticking tick box. the boxes. Tick box. That's so, let, we have to describe you a bit first. Tell them who you are. Tell them a little bit about what you do, oh, your age. Adrian needs no introduction. <laughs> that says it all, everybody. Yes, he is Leo. <laughs> um, okay, I am currently 22. I am Brazilian. Grew up in Australia since I was 14. Mm-hmm. And yes, he is very good looking. Yep. Well, that goes without saying, really. Uh, what else? What else can I say? How long have you been in Australia again? Um, about eight years now. So right. it's 2022. Got here in 2015. So, yeah. And what do you do for a job? Ugh, suffer. I hired you, so I, I, I should know. But. <laughs> uh, I am a software engineer. Yes. A very Desk good one. Desk monkey. Someone that, someone that I labeled as a genius. Or well, when I introduce you to other people, I always it's say that. It's a good selling that. point. Uh, yeah, exactly. You're a good marketer. I am a good marketer, <laughs> and I but I spotted it. But it's more from my perspective. It's like everybody that I've interviewed on this. Actually, the one thing that you guys all have in common is you have this attitude. You have this drive. This you you're not entitled you don't sit back and think the world's going to deliver you stuff you know you've got to go and get it and you want to go and get it because you've got pride in yourself i see that a lot with you i like what impresses me the most about you is that at 22 you've got your fucking shit together Mm. as much as you want to do crazy things you've you know your worth you, you plan out your life and you work out what you want to do and you think ahead but you take full responsibility for yourself yeah that's true how long have you taken full responsibility for yourself um I don't know it's not like there's this turning point or anything like that um yeah it's been since I was a kid um yeah my dad tells me that like I never wanted any help with anything. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not with driving and ways, <laughs> Michelle. I'm laughing because he, he can't, you can't suggest anything to well, Adrian. I did not take directions. You did not take any. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so my dad was telling me a few months ago that even when I was in the hospital, like, I just wanted to go and do everything by, by myself, like, oh, I need to go to the bathroom. It doesn't matter that I have IVs plugged in and shit like that. I'll just go and do it myself. What were you in the hospital for? I don't know. I was always you know. in the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> were you? I, I had a couple of surgeries and I was always getting myself hurt. Um, mm. Yeah, when I was about, I don't know, maybe five or six, probably around six, I was riding my bicycle on my uh, home street. And mm. it's all um, a dirt road. And I was going really fast. There was a car behind me. Um, I panicked and pr- 
pre press the brake, but I pressed the front brake, not the back oh, one. I, and you went over. I went over the bike at probably a good 15, 20, maybe 25 kilometers wow. and slid Shit. face first on dirt God. for a few meters. Yeah, I wasn't. It wasn't a great experience. I spent a summer without skin on my nose. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> I mean, you know. That's the kind of dumb shit I used to yeah, do. Yeah, I mean, most boys do that sort of stuff. But not to that extreme, I suppose. I remember Dad drove me to the hospital. And by the time I got there, I was passing out. Like, mm. yeah. Wow, it's that sounds bad. pretty bad. Yeah. <laughs> what was it like growing up in Brazil? Um... It was interesting, I think, you know, like boomers and older millennials are always talking about like, oh, things are not like they used to be and like, oh, kids used to. You'll talk about that when you get older, don't worry. Kids used to play outside and everything was fine and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And I think I actually had a, a childhood more similar to that experience. Like I, I grew up mm. mid 2000s, so mm. like cell phones were already a thing um, mm. um digital native yeah gaming gaming mm. consoles were already a thing and, mm. and all that but i grew up poor so we didn't have that like the most cool. i had was a bike and a football so good that's kind of what i grew up with um yeah my family was always busy um so yeah the ch childhood that i had was more like go do whatever you want just don't die and <laughs> and we won't be angry don't put the brakes on in front of a car yeah that's <laughs> it that's it so yeah i was kind of left to my imagination during the day um i play outside a lot um swing up and down on tree yeah. branches and stuff like that <laughs> go into yeah. the middle of the bushes and work out what you can and what you can't do like you were learning yeah the whole time you were learning like when you were saying that, like, I grew up poor as well. And when I was younger, I used to think it was a disadvantage. But as I've gotten older, I think it's a massive advantage. Because if I hear the way you describe your growing up, when you don't have things, the, the kids who have stuff, what are they doing? They're all just sitting in their room playing computer games. People are bringing them food, <laughs> like their parents. Their parents are driving them to their activities. They're driving or, them back. Or, you know, like they're very, either just that or they're very polished. Like they know how to play piano or violin. They, they've done a bunch of extracurricular classes. They've done dancing. They've done this and that. But it's all like shit that their parents paid for yeah, when they were but kids. It's, exactly. But, but it's also... Um, it, it's, it's very not like, teaching them survival yeah exactly like it's just very pinpointed skills you know yeah whereas it's not teaching them how to look after themselves and yeah. how to be independent yeah it's, exactly that that's the key like they get a lot of very prestigious skills and they probably learn them very well like there's so many good piano players in upper middle class and mm. from rich backgrounds but mm. You know, like they might be really, really good piano players or really, really good chess players, but that's like mm. all they, they've learned to do. Yeah. And it's it's different, yeah. Because as you're saying that, I'm thinking to myself, 
you know, if they come from very wealthy families, they'll pretty much always be looked after anyhow. So do they even need survival skills? Well, if you their know. plane crashes in the Amazon forest, probably. <laughs> if their <laughs> private jet crashes, yeah, <laughs> then they're fucked. Uh, Unless they could just call someone. Well, I don't know if I would survive <laughs> that scenario either. No, no. <laughs> You'd give it a good <laughs> shot, though. You wouldn't lie there and think someone would come to rescue you. You'd be like, okay, how can I sort this problem out? So you've developed problem-solving skills. Or which... probably just eat some berries and die. Yeah. And we're generalizing anyhow. Not all not all wealthy people are, <laughs> are like that. And not all of them have great upbringings and yeah, all like, the rest of it. I think the point that I'm getting at is like the upper middle class and the rich kids, like they've got really polished skills in very specific areas. And I got really like average skills in a lot of areas and then a couple of those things i really learn how to do like play guitar for example i did yeah. i did a few classes for a guitar for maybe uh, half a year mm. but then the rest of it i just learned by myself and like yeah i would say i'm a, a decent guitar player yeah um yeah it's that kind of stuff you know so it's it's self-taught more which yeah, which than, yeah. goes back to the independence point, you know. Um, yeah, and I think, look, self-taught, I think it depends on, compared to, you know, going through the institutions or, or or all the rest of it, it all depends on who you get to teach you anyhow, right? Mm. Like, so self-taught. Some people learn better that way anyhow. Like, it's a, it's a style yeah like some people prefer to go and work it out in their own space and time i'll give you a bad example but i've been doing hip-hop dancing oh yeah don't laugh you could laugh because i'm embarrassing but (laughs) what i learned about the way i learned to dance is i can't do my feet and hands at the same time like i have to learn one then learn the other then add it together (laughs) you know like i can't just naturally put the arm in the way it should go i have to really nail the feet and then nail the arm but everyone's different right some people can pick it up straight away some people have to learn it they have to go away and learn it um but yeah it's interesting but it's it's weird that you say that because the person that i've seen in the work environment is someone who's you know very confident about what you do know what you do know you know that you're better than the average and you definitely are better than the average i mean for your age my god um (laughs) there's not many people your age that know what you know but again that's because you went an untraditional route like yeah yeah so like i started work at 16. you started work what 17 17 yeah. yeah And and went and taught yourself. I mean, your dad's a big influence. Yeah. Talk a yeah, bit about um, that. Yeah, I think it goes back to what you were saying about the learning styles. Like some people like being told exactly what to do. Yeah. And I think that's where university comes in. You know, like mm. sometimes I do feel like I'm missing out on the... Um, 
on the schedule and the program like a university would just come in and tell me okay you need to learn this first and then this and then this i thought about it from the experience point of view like the life experience and i can't like that was one of the main reasons i did enroll in an undergrad just last year or this year enroll. can't yeah. even remember anymore mm. um but honestly i Actually, I, I did it for two or three weeks. I hated the experience. And that was just a partying. Like, you know, you get started with a course. All you do really is the social events to get started with. And then you do the learning. Even just at the social events, like, I didn't like the experience. Yeah. It just reminded me of high school. Yeah. <laughs> but also, <laughs> didn't you find with the learning by then you knew it? Yeah, that, that was another point. Like, everything that... I was getting taught, quote unquote, um, or things that I already knew. Like, yeah, it, it was just boring me to death, and mm. it cost like a thousand dollar per unit. So mm. it's a big price to pay to just be bored. Yeah, I agree, and I also think like by the time I did start to do mine, um, I'm in marketing. I'd already been in marketing. Yeah, I knew it easily. Um, and that's when I realized, oh, I am smarter than I thought I was. <laughs> you know, like there's new universities. There's, I, I heard the other day some new universities starting in Austin, Texas. Um, and they're trying to do it differently because they, they've been doing the same format forever. Yeah. And that's what you were signed up to. And it didn't inspire you. It's not going to... It didn't... Yeah. You're fighting a system there, though, right? Like, if you try to do things completely different, like, are you going to be able to get all of the national accreditations and such needed? Which is one of the main values of the degree, right? It's, it does. Yeah. But you got to fight the system. Yeah, that's the I'm... problem. Like, there's a system there that will not really allow for change because for the system, what's in place right now is great. They're mm. making money. Yeah. They don't care if mm. they are getting good professionals into the market. All they care is about getting 50, 100, mm. 500 grand out of students if you're in the US. Because, well, in the US, yeah, wow. I mean, it's a, Depending a different league. Depending on the league. course, it's yeah, so expensive. It's a different league. They're just certain clubs. Yeah. But yeah, it's so expensive. But I think also, um, it's interesting. I we I was uh, involved in a looking at a new curriculum at the University of Sydney. And my view for younger people is, given that knowledge and every, everything's available to you now, everything, and it wasn't for the generations before. So you've got all this stuff coming in, like you. Imagine being a lecturer, right? You know more than they know. Like, you could, <laughs> effectively. You could go online and find all this stuff and read it um, and walk into a class and you're not going to be impressed by the lecturer, you know, because you can yeah. find this online. But what I think is missing is, and maybe it's been taken away with the um, erosion of the church and all sorts of things like that, but I think what's missing is people understanding who they are, like your values, your purpose, and what drives you, who you are as a person, what are your strengths. Erosion of the church. <laughs> I want to touch on that topic. Go on then. <laughs> Why do you say erosion of the church? What's your train of thought there? 
I mean, he controlled everybody's life in a way, right? But because of that, there was some good in that. There was structure. There was it's, values. It's an identity is what it is. Yeah. Some, you know, that, like, don't get me wrong. I've never been religious myself, but in I know that there's much more um, um, talking about morals and values and things like that. It, it, I, um than there is now yeah i've i've thought about it a lot it's about institutions and the value that those institutions give to people is an identity you know like you join a church you're instantly a catholic or a christian and you're a part mm-hmm. of a community of so it's hundreds community of, as well yeah as identity. yeah so i ident- like mm. community comes through identity right so like my community is the brazilian community but mm. That is only my community because I am Brazilian. Mm. Like, I, I, yeah. I will hardly be a part of the Brazilian community if I'm Spanish. Like, yeah. There's way less likelihood. No, no, no. Not a lot. <laughs> no welcome. <laughs> no um, but, you know, they, that's where the institutions come in. The churches, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, the army. Yeah, exactly. It's a huge fraternity right there. Mm. Uh, it's about but creating bonds and having yeah. your identity. Like, once you join the army, you're a soldier, and like, there's so many like you, and now you have a community. Right? What's your purpose in life then? <laughs> oh, I, I've already told you, but I could not use them as my topics. <laughs> <laughs> and that's an inside joke that I'm Whatever. not going to explain to, to the crowd. Don't make, don't make me say it. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't. I don't know. I haven't found a purpose in life, but I definitely. I know who I am. Yeah. So they say. I heard something the other day saying that um, responsibility gives purpose. Well, yeah, definitely. Like mm. one of the big issues that I have with parenthood, and something that I see in many parents is that. It's almost like they use children as a meaning for life. It's like you're lost and you're lost and you're lost, but then bam, you have a kid and now you have someone that you need to care for and provide for. And that becomes your purpose in life to be a parent. I never wanted that for me. Like, mm, that's I, interesting. Like, not saying that I don't want to be a parent, but I don't want to use a child as a way to find purpose for my to own fulfill, life that's a very good point that's a very good point because yeah i definitely feel like quite a lot of people do that i think your purpose comes to you after a while and that's all in experiencing life and and working out who you are like i, I was not asked what my purpose was i that i can remember until about five years ago or something like that I and mean, maybe it was six or seven years ago right that was a long time i lived my life without and and when i was asked that question i swore i i knew what it was but i hadn't actually thought about it <laughs> there's still something and what are my values i i hadn't really done that exercise but i think that it came to me because what i started to do was worked out and this is what i say to everybody the trick to do is go physical so when you physically whatever happens makes you 
react physically than mm. remember it. You know, like, so for example, I, I get a card from people that I mentor or whatever, right? Yeah. Or friends. That is the most important thing in the world to me, right? That's that's when I read that. That's when I feel like I've accomplished something or that I'm worth something. Like it's something that simple is what drives me. And because of that, I realize my purpose is to empower people. Like I love, that's just me, you know. I like seeing mm -hmm. other people finding themselves and working out who they are and being the best they can be and, and just yeah. feeling good about themselves because somebody cared enough about them or, you know, I, like I love that. I realize that's, but that took me years to work out my purpose. Yeah. But, but I think for everybody it's different and, and like mine sounds a bit, not naff, but a bit people pleasing or whatever. Like I, you know, I, I know other people who <laughs> that would be the last thing they would want to do is empower other people. That doesn't make them a, a bad human being. It means they've got a different path, you know, and what, what f makes, what drives them is different. Like it could be building things. You know, yeah. some people are much better at like, they just love that creation, being able to build things, make things, you know? Yeah. And it's all valuable. It's all valuable. So it's working out what you want to bring to the table. What makes you feel good? And like, like there's times in your life, when are the times in your life that you feel really good? Something has made you feel really good. And I'm not talking about sex. Hmm. <laughs> or dancing or whatever but you know something that you've done or experienced or whatever that's made you feel really good when are those times oh that's a question okay yes uh, <laughs> <laughs> i didn't uh, intonate enough <laughs> no. um well lots of things well lots of things. tell me tell you okay um yeah, I don't know, like, um, not necessarily my purpose, but something that I like doing is thinking that I am inspiring others. Yeah. You know, um, and this is me looking up to my heroes and then trying to apply it to my life. So, for example, you look at people like Lewis Hamilton or Ayrton Senna, or Iulid Kipchoge, the marathoner. Um, you know, like, they're sports people and lots of UFC fighters as well. Like, mm. I, I usually relate to fellow countrymen and countrywomen. Yeah. Um, other close. Brazilians. So that's like, it's the things that, that we have in common, you know, like, with a lot of those athletes we come from the same place um we come from similar um economic backgrounds mm. like uh, more humble humble beginnings and they worked really hard and they got where they are today and you know it's they've gotten to a spot where other people look up to them mm. so um I think that's what motivates me like and that's your goal in a way yeah like you, to to reach a point where 
I'm motivating others as well and yeah. being looked up to. I and think, they're respecting you. I think there's some of that in work now. Like mm. I, I can think of a few co-workers who I know respect me and look up to me mm. um, in their own careers. Mm. But I want to go beyond work and into life in general, you know, like my my running for example um it's not it's not good like i'm not at an elite level i'm not an, at an olympic level i'm pretty slow actually but you just finished a marathon though <laughs> yeah but Which you know good. like yeah at a personal level mm. it's taken so much effort and sacrifice mm. to accomplish the things that I've accomplished for myself like mm. my only two goals for this year were to do a half marathon and a marathon at an official event mm-hmm. not just by myself yeah um and yeah I I did both of those things um I can say that this year has been a success um and you know like everyone has lots of things happening in their lives like there are days that I just don't have the energy or that I'm super busy with work, that I'm stressed or that I'm feeling down. But I still went out and, you know, I put the effort in. I put, yeah, I put the hard work in and then just going to an event and um, accomplishing my goal. That's just the cherry on top. Um, mm. So that's, that's when you have those highs yeah right that's when it makes you because you planned it you worked hard at it you saw the goal like you wanted to achieve it and you did yeah and like it's not like i have millions of followers on instagram or anything like that but i know that eventually when people look at the things that i do and they realize how much effort i've put into it uh, regardless of the adversity that was present I think that that might inspire others to, mm. to you know, follow, um, follow what they want to do as well. So really, I think that comes from, you know, the life that people in your country are living. You know how hard it is and how many people are suffering. Yeah. And you also know that they can help themselves potentially. Like yeah, you exactly. want to, you want to show them that that it's hard, yeah. it's not easy, but there is a way out. That's what you want to be an example of that. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Like, you know, um, I've I've had a bit of an easier life than the rest of my family already. Like, mm. I moved here when I was fourteen. Um, when I was a kid, I did have a pretty poor childhood and you know it was very um um yeah there was a lot of financial hardship there Mm. um Mm. but i already i already live a better life than that but i know i I know what my dad had to do to get us to this point and you know it's um pull yourself up by your bootstraps kind of thing which is a so he is, yeah but he inspired you yeah so he, so he like fought for that yeah i can 
what I see in all of those athletes and other people that I look up to is really the same as what I see in my dad, you know? What's, what's the guilt that a poor person carries, like growing up poor, when you get money? Oh, you know, it's the um, um, survivor bias. Mm. Um, mm. So, you know, like um, people who have uh, illnesses growing up, like, you know, some people, I, I, I know personally someone who had cancer as a child and, you know, I, I know that they feel guilty sometimes for, you know, pulling through that and surviving whereas yeah. many others wouldn't mm. um i think it's a similar situation like it's very easy to put yourself in a position where you feel guilty for what you have today um i i think it's also what i find is interesting what what happened to me i suppose it's different is that like because i think people who have money they think, oh, okay, yeah, so all you have to do is work hard and, you know, you should be able to get somewhere. They're not understanding that, yeah, that's true, right? Okay, you can work hard and you can try and get yourself out of that poor upbringing. But you have to bring your whole family with you. You don't get to do it alone. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you don't get to just go, okay, I'm just looking after me now. Not many people get to do that. Yeah, um... I think if you just look at me at a superficial level here, um, I could be classified as middle class by Australian standards, and that yeah, is definitely that is upper class in Brazil. Like it's mm. proper rich in Brazil, mm. um, but I still see myself as poor. Um, I'm just I'm starting to break that that cycle of poverty and you know generational wealth is a real deal um mm. you know i still see myself as poor because i can't really help the rest of my family in the way that i wish i could um it, it doesn't matter what i have if my family is still in brazil and struggling um i wouldn't call that being rich in no. any way exactly um that that's that's a good way of some saying it of summing it up because that's what that's what you carry you can't just go off on your own and you know because it's the, you you then live a, a different life that's what you know yeah you know i've probably said this before but when i first started earning good money i i, I took my family away for christmas and i'm not it was only to a caravan park or something but I bought lobster and I bought presents from everybody for everybody. And, you know, I was just trying to, I had, you know, I felt guilty like that I, yeah. that I could buy, that I had the money. I don't know if I, I didn't feel guilty at the time. I didn't know what I was doing. I was yeah. trying to help, but instead it's a different life. Like they want spaghetti bolognese, not lobster. Right, and I can't just because I can afford lobster <laughs> doesn't mean I should be bringing it to the table, right? Like yeah. I was trying to trying to give them what I thought that they they weren't couldn't have, but yeah. they didn't want it in a way, right? So I learned the hard way, like that. I but also I learned that you got to you got to get yourself rock solid first because when you come from being poor, 
yeah. one trip and you're back there. Yeah. Like that. It's there's no net. We don't have a net. Like if you're rich and you, you you, know, you fuck something up, you fuck up a business or something, you still got your net. Yeah. You still family's got a house or you've got a couple of houses or whatever. If you're poor and you you're just getting yourself going, and you fuck it up, there's no net. There's no. Yep. It's starting again. You know. So it's a very different level. And but but that that drive that brings in drive it removes entitlement no one ever feels entitled yeah and i think um yeah doing those things it's really interesting thinking about why you're doing them because mm. if if it's coming from guilt then it's really not a selfless action you're doing it for yourself at the end of the day right like okay you're doing something nice for your family and let's say you're buying them lobster and such but at the end of the day you're doing it to to really stop feeling guilty right so at the end of the day there's something like that yeah it just it's just yeah. doesn't work it's messy exactly so i i've already been through that um there was a period hmm. not long ago that i was sending my mom money almost every single month um and to um yeah she was she was taking advantage of that really um mm. my mother has lots of issues um mm. but yeah i know that i wasn't just doing it out of the kindness of my own heart the reason why i was participating in in that was because i felt guilty that i was here and I was leave, leading a good life and everyone else is just back home and you know mm. um, they don't have the same financial capacity that I do mm. um, so these days I've kind of tried to steer away from that um, mm. I still help out but mm. it's not really from a place of guilt uh, it's not guilt tripping me into um, doing those things it's really just about what do I want to do just for the sake of doing it? Mm. Um, yeah, which is yeah. different. And I think that's the interesting thing. Like people, people don't, it goes to that whole thing about you don't really know what people, their lives are like. You know, everyone puts this persona in front of you. The persona you bring to a room is, is a pretty strong persona. No one knows no one knows unless they know you they don't know you're doing that they don't know you've you ca you know you're carrying that with you and all the rest of it so you know so but i think that's what you see on everybody you scratch the surface and you you learn more about what people are really going through but do you at this stage do you think your upbringing was an advantage or a disadvantage it's a big um. question that's really hard to gauge it's mm. like how much of my life has been shaped by my childhood and my experiences and how much have i shaped my experiences mm. you know like mm. i i know i'm a pretty resilient hard-working person so mm. i'm pretty confident and comfortable that whatever i set my mind to i'll I'll get there, you know. Mm. Um, 
but a lot of that has been because of just having to do things for myself like mm. i i have wondered this in the past what if i was the kid who had very supportive parents and you know had all sorts of different classes paid for as a kid like all these extracurricular activities piano tennis this that like where would i be today um it's interesting because yeah. to, to be honest from what i've seen you probably wouldn't be as far ahead in your career as you are yeah like because you I, wouldn't have had to yeah exactly like it, if i was in that position i would i i would have led a very different life you know like even if i just look at me and the people that that I interacted with as a teenager, like in high school and ex-girlfriends and all that sort of stuff. Like most of them come from middle class and right. yeah, they had a stable childhood, a stable um, financial situation. And, you know, they're all just following the, the normal path of finishing high school then going to university and then after university you go into a job but that wasn't really a reality for me mm. um i wouldn't have nearly as much freedom as i have today um, mm. to begin with and mm. uh, yeah like if i was to follow if i was to follow that path i think I'll be a bit of a deadbeat by now because <laughs> I, I, I had to just take control of where I was going, you know, like when I was 17, 18 and I had no clue what would happen in my life because we didn't even have the Australian visa yet. Mm. Um, really, the the frame of mind that I was in is that either either you make choices and you make a plan for yourself or mm. others will and i was not okay with others yeah we know that we established that early up right <laughs> the ways but then maybe you would always <laughs> be like this because of your personality type right yeah that that's what i mean like yeah it's interesting how much has my personality mm. shaped my experiences and how much has my experience shaped my personality right it's a bit tough to tell i think what a, i think what um the, I think the advantage, what I've learned, the advantage of growing up like that is is that you build self-esteem because you absolutely learn what you can do. Yeah. And I think, and I feel, I actually feel sorry for people growing up rich in a way who that's, they can't build self-esteem like that because everything's given to them. It's too easy. So in a way they for them to exceed the expectations they have to go higher 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 and there's it's really it's almost impossible for them to but with your expectations you know like of where you come from they sort of get to gradually build you know and then mm -hmm. go up and up and up you, yeah. you know what i mean if you're dropped off at school in a merc <laughs> 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 like what how do you how do you walk, you know, how do you walk into life like that? Your expectations are already up there. Like I should be dropping my kid off in a Merc. Oh, oh wow. Okay. 
So you never feel good enough until you're at least doing that. Whereas, yeah, and, you know. And it's also like, it's really, um, I had nothing to lose, yeah. which is what we were talking about earlier, right? Like, mm. if you have nothing to lose, you're willing to go further. Um, mm. You know, when I first moved out of my home, I was 17. I had, I didn't have anything really. I barely had any money in my bank account. Um, I left home with clothes and a luggage uh, bag, and that was it. And yeah. and like. This was in 2017, 2018. Mm. I had a MacBook Air that was six to seven years old at that point. Mm. And I moved out to a share house where if you touch the walls, they would crumble. Jesus. <laughs> and like, I didn't have a hot shower. Like, wow. I, could, yeah. I could only shower at midday yeah. because otherwise it would just be too cold. God. Um, and that's what I moved out to. And, you know, I could have stayed in my dad's apartment mm. living with my grandma in in my hometown but my hometown has nothing like i mm. could i could work at a factory mm. and mm. that was the only thing that i could do so you knew you or, had to get out yeah but mm. you know i i already knew a little bit about it i knew the entry level i knew like i had a, a clear path as to how i could get into this world mm. um so I just worked towards that and, you know, I had a good opportunity in a different city about three or four hours away from home. Mm. So I just, I had to take that chance mm. and I had nothing to lose, you know? Like yeah. These well, you're right. That's the having the nothing to lose put you out in that, taking that risk. Yeah. Which is... These yeah. days, I will still take risks, but, mm. you know, I'm in a position where i'm i'm renting a really nice apartment mm. i've spent six thousand dollars in a home office mm. um i have a really nice king-size bed mm. it's like i could just do that again and mm. move move for a job opportunity or do something crazy like that but now i have some comfort to lose by doing that and mm. you know it's very easy to just accept that and get hung up on what you already have than taking a chance to do mm. something better mm. it's a good point what do you think let's because we're going to run out of time i think let's tell me what you that's two topics right there that's right uh-huh. tell, tell me what you think about your your generation that you're growing up with <laughs> how connected to them are you do you feel like you're part of that generation <laughs> Um, and what and what are the? I don't, I don't know. I've never um, I've never really related to a generation like that. Like, mm. oh, I'm a baby boomer, or oh, I'm a millennial. I don't I'm think Gen baby Z. boomers run around saying I'm a baby boomer. By the way, <laughs> and Gen X never gets mentioned, right? Yeah. That's just we don't right? care about you guys. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but anyhow. Um, yeah, but like I, I've never identified with a generation yeah. per se. Um, yeah, it goes back to that sense of community, right? I've never felt connected. But what do you think to... about young people at the moment? When it, they, it's they, hard to tell um, because that you're meeting, that you. Well, because are you inspired by them? You know, like being a foreigner, um, 
I don't know. It's very, it, it's a very different experience for me because I don't、mm. feel like I relate to really anyone here.、Mm. Um, when I go back home and I'm talking to people back home, they have a much more similar mentality than、mm. I do, and like, you know, can't say I really relate I to Gen Z. Yeah, I don't know. Like, That's what I think. Yeah, but I I can't say that I relate to many things here.、Um, Yeah, but I, that's I, very hard to live in another country. I've lived in another country. Yeah, it's not easy. Like you, your home is your home. I don't think I can relate to Gen Z because most of the Gen Z interactions that I've had were here, and I can't really relate to anything here. Even back home, I can't say that I can relate to Gen Z because I was fourteen when I moved away. Like a generation yeah, that's fourteen、yeah. years old is、yeah. not going to have. An identity, you know, like I know what a millennial and what a Gen X is in Brazil, but I I missed. I think it's a bit different because, like you said, because you moved, and I think、yeah. that's what happened to me as well, because I I went and lived in England when I was, but I was later. I mean, I moved a lot as a kid for a start, but then I went and lived in England when I was twenty eight, twenty seven. Um. Only for a couple of years, but it changed me completely in a way. And when I came back, I didn't fit. I didn't fit with those people I grew up with. Yeah. I didn't belong, and then it's very hard to, if you're in, hard to make new friends. Yeah. You know, like you, there's people who have school friends and have them for life. I, you、yeah. know, I know plenty of people like that, and but but others who move around a bit or. You know, that that changes. You don't have that, so you sort of. But I'm a big believer that people come into your life for a reason. They can come in for a long time or a short time or whatever. But there's, you know, you've just got to、mm-hmm. take that as it is and then and enjoy it while you have it. Yeah, but I I definitely think it goes back to that sense of identity. Yeah.、Mm. Like、um, but you you realize that you're very lucky though to have that, you know what I mean? Like not everybody has that. What a sense of identity. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I I think it comes out of necessity, you know. Like、um, I've always felt like an outsider here, and then the last couple of times I've gone home, like I feel good when I'm back home, but I I still know that I'm different from people there as well. So you feel like an outsider there as well.、Yeah. Not necessarily an outsider. Like I, I definitely feel like I fit in there more than I do here. It's、mm. just that I know that there's, I act different than most.、Mm. So I feel like I've had this necessity of figuring out who I am for myself.、Mm. Um. We're a globe. We're a world like that. That's it's happening more and more because people are doing that. That you know, you think about it, our parents. Well, my parents, not your parents. My parents, they never. They didn't. Well, my parents never even went overseas, let alone people going and living in moving countries. Like that's fairly new that people are doing that so much. Yeah. You know, and that's they're the brave ones. Yeah, with the internet as well. Like you're just introduced to so many more strong characters. Like everyone that you see on the internet has this burning desire to show who they are, and it's like they're yelling 
look at me, look at me. And you're that. just looking at people online and they're like, wow, this person has it figured out. Why don't I? So you have that. But they don't have it figured out. It, it, that doesn't matter. It's about the appearance, right? It yeah. looks like they do. So yeah, you, it, you kind of feel obliged to do it as well and figure out what you want and who you are and all that. You do. But you also have to watch their life a little bit closer. Right. Well, something that something that I learned, right? Because it looks like it's fantastic, but then really look at it. Yeah, but do they always end up? It's really happy. It, it's the internet, right? Like look, but look they're at just Kanye. so selective. Look at Kanye. He's got twelve billion dollars or something. Well, that's a very extreme example. It's an extreme example, but it just struck me that everyone wants the money. They want the fame. They want the money. He's got all that. What's it done? Destroyed uh, him. You know, I don't think you need to look at something that extreme. Like, even if you just go on Instagram and minor celebrities, there's like... But minor there's... celebrities, when you live long enough, you, you'll know that they come and go very quickly. Yeah. They don't have like, it. I'll, very... I'll give a better example. Like, there's this profile that I follow. Um, mm. And this guy, he's like an adrenaline junkie. And every time I look at his profile, he's in like one exotic location after another doing base jumping or, yeah. you know, jumping from the top of a waterfall or Because he's like made that. this his career, right? Yeah, exactly. And like, it's very selective. He just picks exactly what he wants that depicts that image of him being that adrenaline junkie that just lives this but can you imagine having a wake up every day life? having to show your life having to no, go that, that, that's not what I want but you know that's what influences us it's like you look at a profile like that and if you're someone like me who already enjoys adrenaline it's it almost makes you feel like you should be doing the same and that's what people have been going through since the internet. Yeah, it's true. And that's what I mean. There's, and that's something that my generation didn't have because we, we grew up without it. Yeah. And then we had it. Like we see it now and it affects us the same. But the difference is we knew what it was like before. Yeah. So we, we have a level of... Um, and we're older. So we realize that you know trying to be that person that you always wanted to be when you get older you realize oh my god i never want to be that person like you, you feel glad that you weren't never became that person yeah but when you're younger there's always people that you want to be like and all the rest of it but now for you guys it's the volume is amplified a million times yeah you're just being bombarded. daily yeah bombarded so with... what you have to do is curate your list <laughs> yeah definitely curate your social which is hard because i do that i curate i cut all my followers down yeah to I, 200 or something but still i don't think most people do that though they just let themselves be influenced by all yeah. these but then they're not happy or strong personalities yeah definitely they're not happy but you know i think that's the that's... reality of most people these days just trying to be something they're not. Well, I want to fix that. Go for it. I don't know how. It's a, it's a tough one. It's a tough one. But Do you have a team? A team? Yeah, to the podcast. 
you know, you can't just go straight into it. You need to do an introduction. Oh, an introduction. Then, then, then um, there is like your main theme, you know. Oh, theme. Yeah. The, Michelle's creating a theme for me. Uh-huh. The problem for me, my personality, is I mm. hate doing the same thing again and again. Yeah, but right. So I never follow. You, know you need a brand. The same structure. You I know that. Brand. And I never start a podcast the same way because I'm a nightmare. I like to just start it. <laughs> I know we got straight into it. That's because I, I can't. I can't be someone who sits there and goes, "Hello, this is Millennial Wavelengths." Blah 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 blah. You blah. should. I just can't. <laughs> I've tried it. I do try it. I'm hopeless at it. It's just mm. I, I cringe. <laughs> it makes me cringe to do that weirdly. I don't know why. But I listen to podcasts all the time where they do that. And I'm exactly. happy if other people do it. <laughs> I don't know why I'm not happy for me to do it. But we'll put some... Don't worry, I'll do it. I'll do a proper intro. Yes, ma'am. And I'll edit. All right. I'll let you go and party. Go and have fun tonight. Yeah, I will. All right. Thank you. Oh, not even saying goodbye? Say okay. goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> there you go. My finish is as good as my start. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Okay. Okay. Thank you very much. Thank you. Nice talking to you. It was a pleasure. <laughs> I, I bet.